First of all, what went through my mind is how stupid am I to actually volunteer for this. We're Cindy and Sarah, two old-time besties, inviting you to come hang with us for a drink and a chat. Cover all sorts of topics from our lady parts to what it's like to be single in our 40s and literally everything in between. Most importantly, though, we pair each conversation with the perfect cocktail and lots of laughs. So grab yourself a drink and buckle up. It, it, it was unbelievably painful. I saw my neighbors the other day. Well, my neighbor. I have a neighbors upstairs and it's a family. So it's a, a man and a woman and their kid. So I saw the lady who I guess I haven't seen in a while. I feel like I have though. I feel like they're upstairs and so they come downstairs, walk their dogs. So sometimes we pass each other, whatever. I see them often. So she mm-hmm. says to me the other day, ooh, nice hair. And I was like, yeah. I had washed it that day. So I was kind of like, oh, thanks. Yeah. And then she's like, new year, new hair. And then walked away. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, changed my bangs. hair. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Probably hasn't seen you since you got bangs. I for sure have seen her since I got bangs. Oh, okay. For sure. But I guess maybe – I don't know. It was just washed, so it may, like I maybe just blow-dried it so it was straight. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, awkward, right? But no, not – Nothing, nothing different. You're not going to argue with it. No. Like, you're just like, woo. Yeah, woohoo. <laughs> it's a Yay. new year. Yeah. <laughs> so awkward. So awkward. <laughs> I was telling someone the other day about how I remember this girl. This is fairly off topic, but it's just about hair. And it's one of those awkward things. And this girl had said to me, I had cut my hair short for the first time in quite a while. So I'd had it fairly long. This is years and years ago. I didn't really know this girl very well, but I'd met her a couple of times. She was dating one of our friends. And she said, oh, you cut your hair. And I was like, I did. Because it was like, I'd probably cut, you know, eight inches off or something. Right. And her reaction was, do you like it? <laughs> you like it? Yeah. Like as if she was feeling me out to see how she should talk about yeah, it. Like right. should she be honest and be like, oh, I bet you're disappointed. You know, or right. whatever. Before she was like, I, I love it or oh, should have yeah. stayed long, huh? Yeah. It's <laughs> so uncomfortable. You're feeling you out first. Yeah. See if we're going to have like a bitch fast about my hairdresser or, yeah. you know, if I'm going to be like, yay, I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll never forget that. That's so hilarious. Yeah. Hair. Yay. New you. New year, new you. New year, new hair. New year, clean hair. Yeah. should have said back. Damn it. What shall we talk about? Ooh, today is a topic that you brought to us. Yeah, very random. Yeah, it is very random. <laughs> um, but I get why. Why? Why did this come to your mind? Why did something happen? Like it was really weird because when I messaged you about it, I was sitting having lunch and <laughs> I was I, like trying to think of topics. So I was like going through my head, going, "Well, <clears throat> what kind of things have I come across lately?" Mm. And I think I was just really aware of, you know, obviously when you search something online and then you just get bombarded with ads about those things, mm, right? Right. But I realized that mine had kind of like progressed into this whole tunnel of weight loss stuff. Oh, so, I think that's the time of year it is as well. 
I think so too, but I think it's because I was searching for stuff to do with menopause. Oh, okay. And like helping with symptoms and stuff like that. And what I'm getting back now is a lot of mm. a lot of it is geared towards weight loss. Mm-hmm. So it's like even if you're looking for something to help you with all of those lady part things, you must still also yeah. want to lose weight. Right. So and I think it started to irritate me because right. I was like, they're taking this, these like, you know, supplements or whatever, yeah. and all of these crummy things that we go through during perimenopause. And the only way that they think they're going to get our attention is if it also helps you lose weight. Right. I mean, which is probably based on something. Like it's probably- Well, weight gain is part of menopause. Yeah, but no, I mean that they're they're driving that part of it because they know that it's a billion dollar industry and that- Right. It's going to get the attention and it's- Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Even though, like, the other stuff should also be getting attention. Yeah, exactly. It's worse. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. But anyway, I think that. So, I just started thinking about that and I was like, and what did, what do men have like that? Mm-hmm. Like, what I, I don't know the differences between how they target us yeah. and how they target them. And ours is always about how we look, whether it's mm-hmm. beauty products or anti aging mm-hmm. or weight loss and theirs is like pickup trucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Being manly, whatever the hell that Being is. Manly, buying toys. Yeah. Like, you know, I guess theirs is like a it could be like a toxic masculinity kind of situation too. Mm-hmm, right. But I was just curious about the differences. Okay. And- so we're gonna talk about marketing and how there are differences being marketed to women versus marketed to men. I suppose so. So we do have a cocktail to go with us. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's necessary. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like, like I like the name of it. <laughs> creative that way. The uh, Long Island Iced Equality. <laughs> it's, it's a Long Island. <laughs> so, Are any of the ingredients different? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> do, you, do you put equal parts of something? No. Equal. Well, the the recipe that I have is actually to make two. So I have to cut it in half to make just one. Mm. But I like that it's to make two because that's equal. Yes, true. It's even. <laughs> it's even. <laughs> so I stuck with it. I was going to like cut it in half and then I was like, no, no, this is equality. <laughs> All right. One for each hand. <laughs> there, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Even Steven. Um, so I mean, if you've never made a Long Island before, which if I'm being honest, I never have. I don't know if I um, have either. That'd be something I have definitely ordered it out, but I've definitely, I don't think I've ever made it myself. No, I've definitely ordered it and likely fallen down the stairs after because there's a lot of booze in there. I know, I know that. And like when we were young Mm -hmm. and we used to order them, we just ordered them because we didn't know what else to order. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that there was this much liquor in Long Island. It's like now it all makes sense. Yeah. Right. Very clear, not clear, but <laughs> looking, yeah. Looking back on it. Yeah. So to make a Long Island iced equality, you need an, uh, actually this is to make two. You need an ounce of vodka, an ounce of gin, an ounce of rum, an ounce of tequila. Oh my God. And a half ounce of triple sec. Really? Yes. This is for two, keep in mind, but even I still, know, but still, I didn't know it had all those different kinds of alcohol. I knew it had a lot of alcohol yeah. in it, but I thought they were all similar alcohols. They're all super different. It's like when you go to 7-Eleven and you get like 7-Up, Pepsi. Yeah, Diet swamp Pepsi. water. Yes. It's <laughs> like Long Island swamp water. Long Island swamp water equality. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's exactly it. It's like somebody went in their mom's liquor co- cabinet and was yeah. like, we can't take too much. So just take an ounce of vodka, <laughs> an ounce of gin, an ounce yeah. of tequila. Someone in Long Island. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Vodka, gin, rum, tequila, <laughs> triple sack. <laughs> Is there anything else? Is that it? It's the Long Island. Two tablespoons of fresh <laughs> lemon juice and a half a cup of cola. So you're going to fill your shaker with ice, pour everything except for the cola in there. So all of your other ingredients are going to go in with ice, uh, cover, give it a good shake, and then pour the mixture, ice and all, into two glasses and top it off with the cola. Wow. Yeah, there's very little mix in there. <laughs> and no iced tea at all. <laughs> and no what? Iced tea. Oh, I thought you said Lysol. <laughs> I was like... Thank this God. probably makes Lysol. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like no iced yeah. tea to top it no off. No like tea. Dub it with Coke. It's Coke and, and uh, lemon. Wow. That makes it iced Have tea-ish. that iced tea, yeah, and all the alcohols. And then all the boozes that in your mom's cupboard. Okay. So I think let's start with this article. I have an article from the New York Times. It's from August 2021. So not that long ago. Okay. It is called, Yes, Marketing is Still Sexist. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through this. Despite women's progress in many parts of society, advertisements still consistently cast women as secondary. In 2019, Jane Cunningham and Philippa Roberts, founders of a marketing consultancy, were invited to a conference to speak about how the marketing industry was failing women. Over 15 years, they'd conducted 4,000 hours worth of interviews and discussion groups with women about their needs, their desires, and where brands were falling short. And brands were really falling short. As they were about to go on stage, a man in attendance introduced himself and explained that their expertise was not needed. As far as ads were concerned, inequality between the sexes had ended. It's ridiculous. I don't think there is any problem with marketing to women now. They recounted the man saying before Ms. Cunningham and Ms. Roberts could stick it to him and tell him why he was wrong. He simply strode off. So begins their book brand splaining why marketing is still sexist and how to fix it. The title is a nod to Rebecca Stolnitz concept of mansplaining a term that refers to a man explaining things to a woman unsolicited and whether he is an expert on the topic or not. Back when they worked at ad agencies in the early 2000s, Ms. Roberts and Ms. Cunningham were, as women on the team, commonly assigned the accounts that targeted women for products such as feminine hygiene items, laundry detergents, and cleaning supplies. When we presented our briefs, there were there was a glazed, unresponsive feel to the meetings, Ms. Cunningham said. Over and over again, we noticed how female customers were perceived in ways that were at best inaccurate and at worst diminishing and dismissive, they wrote. Between 1980 and 2010, women in commercials were shown in workplace settings only 4% of the time. Really? It's so shocking. And that's up till 2010. Only 4% of the time. Frequently, they were shown in kitchens, waxing poetic about the products they were selling. They were shown in kitchens so often that creatives referred to the trope in whispers as two C's in a K. The K was for kitchen, and you can guess what the C's stood for, they wrote. (gasps) Stop it. <laughs> oh my God. It's horrible. That's so bad. 
I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I know. Since then, little has changed. In 2019, the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media found that ads up for awards at the prestigious Cannes Lions Advertising Festival depicted male characters working almost twice as often as female characters. Male characters also outnumbered female characters two to one and had twice as much screen time and speaking time. Another study conducted by Ubiquity, a media consultancy, found that of the ads aired in 2016, only 4% showed women in leadership positions. According to Ms. Cunningham and Ms. Roberts, part of the inequality has stemmed from who fills high-level roles inside advertising agencies. While there are about equal numbers of women and men in advertising overall, 71% of creative directors, the role with the most creative control, are men. In 2019, the Advertising Standards Authority in the UK banned advertisements that depicted gender stereotypes. No more commercials where only women where only women scrub the floors or where men are dumbfounded by the workings of a diaper. The UK standards are certainly more robust than those in the US, said Brooke Aaron Duffy, an associate professor of communication at Cornell, but the UK also wasn't the first to take action. Several countries have laws and codes on the books that, to varying degrees, prevent gender discrimination. In their book, Ms. Cunningham and Ms. Roberts argue that despite women's progress in many parts of society, advertisements still consistently cast women as secondary. The majority of brands still speak to women from a male perspective, explaining to them what they are and telling them what they can be, they write. In her words, spoke with Ms. Cunningham and Ms. Roberts over Zoom to discuss the lingering and often covert sexism in marketing. The conversation has been lightly edited and condensed for clarity. Okay, so then we have the conversation mm-hmm. that we can chat about. Those are still pretty shocking numbers. I know. The first question is, what does marketing to women look like in 2021? So Robert's answer is, brands appear to be presenting a more positive and progressive message for women, but in reality, all that's happened is a trick of the language. Age-defying has turned into ageless, and dieting has coded itself as wellness. In the book, we describe this as sneaky sexism. The guy in the white lab coat has become this silky shrink voice. Lean into this. You can be anything. Be bold. Be strong. Which puts the onus on the individual to change themselves and, this time, their behavior, not just their appearance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's true, right? Mm-hmm. So next question. When it comes to marketing, what do women say they want but aren't getting? Cunningham answers, the fundamental misunderstanding in the way that marketing models work is the perception that women's aim and ambition in life starts and stops with achieving male approval and patronage. Hello. Yeah, there it is. There it is right there. I mean. That is the core of all of it. Everything, not just like not just marketing, nope. everything. That is it there nope. that we walk out the door every day looking yep. for male approval. And yep. that is what we live for. Okay. That's what Whew. we exist for. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's – there we go. I feel like we can just end it there. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> I'm just going to read that sentence over and over again. <laughs> I'm going to start at the end. The fundamental misunderstanding in the way that marketing models work is the perception that women's aim and ambition in life starts and stops with achieving male approval and patronage. In essence, getting married and having kids. Everything leading up to that is preparation and training to achieve it. And and everything after that 
is a decline into beigeness and invisibility. So for kids, marketing to girls is all about being kind, being sweet, being affectionate, looking after things. For young women, it's all about your appearance, making sure you're always as perfect as you possibly can be in order to seek and achieve male approval. And then, of course, you become the perfect mom, delighted and endlessly happy to have this baby. But when you actually talk to women, their aspirations are not, in fact, to be beautiful through the male lens. It's to feel comfortable in their own skin. It isn't to be dependent. It's to maintain their independence, particularly their financial independence. The great female-made brands that we talk about in the book, like Freedom Mom or Third Love, make women feel seen as they are, not as men want them to be. That's the big shift that needs to happen. Brands need to stop telling women how to be and start being in service to them. That That's amazing. That is exactly that's, amazing right there. Just summed it all up, yeah. first of all. But like also, that's the change that needs to happen. That shift is massive. Yeah. Massive. And like they're 100% right. But holy cow, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. How does that happen when 70 plus percent of the people signing off on the final marketing that goes out in the world are men? Exactly. Yeah. Likely not even seeing a problem with any of it, no. right? Well, absolutely not. No. How do you make that change? That's crazy. Well, I think we'll get to it throughout the article, but I think a big change that's starting to happen or like we're in kind of the middle of it happening um, is social media just because nothing, not everything that goes out into the world has to be approved by yeah. a, a male <laughs> person at the lead. You can post right. whatever you want on social media. People are doing it all the time. Yeah, super good point. And these influencers are going, you know, becoming famous because they are posting whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want, looking yeah. however the hell they want. And people are responding to it. People are eating it up and loving it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that they do get into that in, in the article awesome. in a little bit. But, um, that's, I think, a huge part of how to get the change is just – or women-owned businesses, right? Like NICs yes. that we talk about all the time. Like right. they're not – you know, they're making clothing and underwear and stuff for women that, you know, it's not for the sole purpose of making us sexy and beautiful. It's like utilitarian, no, functional. utilitarian functional and yes. it's comfortable and it's what we want. So they are now becoming a huge, highly successful company because of that. Right. So I think it's seeing like these other whatever agencies seeing that this there is a profit because it's all comes down to money, right? For a lot of these things, like if there's no profit or if there's a bigger profit, they'll go in that direction. So Mm -hmm. maybe if they start seeing that there's also money to be had Mm -hmm. in these other going going these other routes. There's also a huge part of the market that wasn't targeted by just straight up beauty and straight up looking good, right? Like it, it yeah. just, it's so historic. Like it just goes back so far yeah. that that's why we buy underwear is to look hot for someone else, right. you know, that sort of thing. But going forward, like there's also a huge amount of women that don't do that and they were getting the short end of the stick, right? Right. Like they were getting what they needed. Um, okay. So the next question was, is uh, big brands have long had success with criticizing women to sell products. So Cunningham says, even if these smaller brands are not a direct threat to the bigger and more traditional brands, they are throwing into relief just how outmoded and old-fashioned big brand marketing is. How big of a role is social media in changing this? Cunningham said, historically, there weren't channels available to women to talk to each other about how objectionable 
they found this stuff. Women were sort of forced to consume it. They didn't really know whether everybody else was thinking, wait a minute, this seems pretty punishing. But now social media, for all of its faults, has also been a brilliant way for women to discuss what they find really objectionable about brands, and it's been galvanizing. Um, the next question is, does the way things are marketed have a real impact on gender, gender identity and self-concept? Cunningham says, uh, there is a really big body of work around the impact of marketing and just how powerful it is. Young women are consuming something like 10,000 messages a day from brands. Think about the collective impact that can have when the same things are being said over and over again, which are usually be thinner, be blonder, be more feminine, be hairless, be whiter. Cumulatively, it does have an effect, but why not sell products in a way that is going to have a positive effect on women, not just young women, but all women? Why does it have to be so fraught? Women have enough real problems that need to be solved by brands and products. You don't need to make them up. Uh, The next question, how does marketing aimed at men differ? Cunningham said, the themes are very different. They are about power, individualism, and strength. And Robert said, the nature of the relationship in the masculine space is much more endorsing and positive. That critical eye just isn't there. It's more of, we see you, we endorse you, and we really like you. Yep. Right. That's exactly it. It is. And they can say that what is going out there is supposed to be empowering for women, like, be bold, be strong. You know, If you look like this, but not if you look like that. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. Right? So it still all goes together. Yeah. But there isn't that you know, backhanded promotion yeah. for men. Like there isn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just straight up. Exactly. And I understand that like from their perspective, there's some of it is probably toxic masculinity. Like I understand that there's probably some men that would just be like, that doesn't apply mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And so they could be offended by that too. But I'm looking at numbers here. Like I'm just, Not to you know the what degree. I mean? The difference. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The next, the next comment, you write that brands even spend more at more on ads targeting men. So Cunningham said, yes, we talk about the domestic brands, the brands like Pampers or Tide. If they decide to target the male audience instead of doing, instead of doling out the usual slice of life formula that women get in marketing, out comes John Legend and hilarious jokes and brilliant high production values as if with men you have to be properly creative. Whereas women don't need that. You can give them any old rubbish and they will happily receive the message because they are so invested in laundry, tr- laundry detergent or nappies. Ugh. Uh, the next comment. It was such a fascinating statistic from your book that 20% of commercials depict a woman with her head thrown back laughing. So Cunningham says, yeah, and never being funny. Only 3% of ads are women being funny themselves. Robert said, and they are almost always smiling. And if they aren't smiling, they are looking really hostile. It's very polar. Yeah. And if they're not smiling, there's a guy in the back going, hey, honey, you should yeah. smile more. Right. So Cunningham said, and you know, the older woman completely disappears. Only one in 10 ads that feature a woman features a woman who's over 50. It's a huge missed opportunity. Also, older women are fed up with looking at marketing that just features women under 30. Uh, yeah. Then this is part of the thing that they said earlier. Like, this is how we're brought up, right? Women are happy and positive and pretty and quiet and always mm-hmm. helping. And like, so, but we can, we're laughing. <laughs> if a woman finds you funny, then keep her, right? She laughs yes, at all your jokes. Totally. Yeah. But dude, women are funny. I know, right? We're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're hilarious. <laughs> we're hilarious. <laughs> 
obviously. You know, I know like, it's such a waste. It's it such is. a shame. Yeah, it is. Such it's a like shame. that it's still happening, that all of that still goes on. It's just so mind blowing to me. But like it's sold for years. And like, we don't even really give it much of a thought. No, I mean, yes, we do, because obviously we're talking about it and we like I definitely notice the same people in the ads all the time and blah, blah, blah. And they all look the same and they're all Yes, I definitely notice that. But I would say like the la- – I don't know that I would have noticed that women aren't being funny and they're the only ones laughing in no. in ads. I don't think I would have noticed that. Because we're so used to it. Right. Like that's just what advertising is to us. Right. So And like, it's just so it subconscious that we don't even right. – yeah. Yeah, we've grown up with it. It's always been that way. And like not seeing women in leadership leadership role. I don't know that I would have consciously like noticed that. You know, no. I haven't seen an ad in forever that has a woman as a leader. <laughs> I just Yeah. I don't know. It's like if somebody asked you about that right. or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. A topic comes up like we're talking about today, then you can go, yeah, totally. Yeah. But I think, I guess if you're not really in that field, you're probably not paying that much attention. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that are going to get you, mm-hmm. but maybe not those things. It's pretty disappointing though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't say I'm surprised at all. Like this is why we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. It just feels so ancient. It really does. It, it yeah, if I, I am kind of feeling that right now. Like, what the hell? I thought we were past this shit. And like the stuff that we see now that is like on social media that is sort of starting to change those perspectives and people that are real people that are advertising their own products and that sort of thing, we see a lot more of now. So we notice that, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like we can relate because mm-hmm. we're real people. Right. We, can, we don't relate to the 20-year-old models, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that we see that and that stands out. But like in the grand scheme of things, that's just still really minor. Mm-hmm. Like it's still such a small percentage of the population and it, and it's still going to take years for that to become even remotely normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's weird, right? When you think of it that way, it's mm-hmm. just that it's so it's very much out there now. And I mean, the joy of the different versions of social media is that you can subscribe to what you want to subscribe to. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like I have curated my social media to be very Mm -hmm. women positive, very multicultural, very like I have made it that doesn't mean that everybody else has done that. So just because I'm seeing, you know, more body positivity, more positive message towards women and more women in the workplace and women-led businesses Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that even 20 of my friends are doing that. They're still – That doesn't even mean two of your friends are doing (laughs) that. Right, because everybody gets to pick. So you get to follow who you want to follow. And so, yeah, it's not like – I don't know, in the 70s or 80s when we were watching TV and we had to sit through those commercials and (laughs) watch those commercials. And it was just the commercials were the commercials. You don't have to do that now. So – no, it's all still out yeah. there. It's all still happening. I mean, it was the last time you picked up a magazine. We just don't live that life anymore, right. you know, but it's there. All right. The next comment. Yeah. If you only watched ads, you think older women just have bladder issues. Uh, <laughs> so Cunningham said, or that they are a bit bonkers. They are sort of, you know, ditzy and eccentric and odd. They can't just be women who are over 50 and getting on with their lives who have jobs and children. Robert said, it's 
It's not just older women who get overlooked. It's women of color, poor women, massive swaths that just don't get seen because of this narrow way that marketing has set its dials, which is around this good, white, slim, young, pleasing archetype. If you talk to these marketing executives about this, you know they say, but won't that put everybody else off if you show older women? First of all, who cares? Because older women have the money, but also no, Younger women don't go around saying, ew, she's over 50, how disgusting. It'd be more like, thank God I have some role models now. It's just a complete misunderstanding about the way that women think. I think that our age is probably more offended by all the younger stuff that's going on out there, the lack of representation, than a young person is going to be offended seeing a photo of a (laughs) 50-year-old. You think? Yeah. Well, I think we're just put off of it, right? Well, I think we're over it at this point. That's what I mean. We're just over it. Like they're, you know, it's like 80-20 kind of thing where the representation just isn't there. But I don't think some young person is going to be like, oh my God, what's happening to the marketing world? There's a 50-year-old on that billboard. (laughs) Right. Or or maybe they they would because they're so used to not seeing it and they'd be like, whoa, a normal real person? That's weird. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they're not going to be grossed out by it. They're going to be, you know what I mean? They're not going to look at that and go, ooh, like, give me a break. We're more likely to look at the 20-year-olds and go, oh, man, enough already. Yeah. Or they just don't care because they're wrapped up in their own dance. Well, right, exactly. Yeah, likely. Likely, which is fine because that's not, you know. That's what you do in your 20s. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the last comment is, as consumers, what power do we have to change how products are marketed? So Cunningham said, the way that women can influence marketing is spending with the brands that are doing the right thing by women and refusing to buy from brands that are very evidently trying to keep women in their place and or the place they think women should be. Yeah. Be aware of it. Be conscious of who you're supporting, which I think a lot of us just aren't. No, I don't think so either. Kind of blind to it, right? Oh, I need whatever detergent. I'll just grab this one because it's on sale. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah pay a lot less attention to that sort of thing. But if we did, I bet we'd be pretty frustrated. Yeah, exactly. I want to meet these chicks. I know, right? They sound like badasses. They do. They sound really cool. I know. I'm a bit pissed off now too. (laughs) Yeah, getting a little cranky. (laughs) A little aggravated. (laughs) Fucking men. I know. That's why why the whole thing came up. I was just, I was irritated. Yeah. The other thing, I know this is really weird. It's a little bit off topic and it's a little odd, but something that I've noticed that's been bothering me a lot lately that I see is there's lots of, like I said, I've been looking at, you know, perimenopause stuff all the time online, right? So all these other ads and things that are coming up and there's lots of, um, you know, diet plans that are supposed to also help with your symptoms. And then there's probiotics you can take that are supposed to help with all these things. Everything is ultimately about losing weight, but it's all about lady biz, right? And how many of them that are advertising, I'm going to give you the best workout plan you've ever had. This is going to help with your symptoms. This is the problem with your metabolism and your hormones or whatever. They're all men. Yeah, right. (laughs) They're men promoting plans for menopause, menopausal women. Right. For real, dude? (laughs) I'm so not buying that. Right. I am not. It makes me nuts. I see it so many times and I'm just like, you got to be freaking kidding me. (laughs) That's what gets me worked up. (laughs) Then we come on the podcast. Right. 
<laughs> Where did you get this information? Because it's not personal. It's not personal. It's not from at your all. own lived experiences. It's amazing to me. It's just shocking. I want the world to know that if there was a pill that we could take that would kill our symptoms and we'd lose weight, we'd all be taking it. Oh my it. God. Everybody <laughs> so, would be taking it. This is how the world works. Yeah. Okay. But on that topic, like going from the marketing sexism, I remembered this photo that I saw. I've seen it more recently, but I actually found out it was from 2015. I've definitely seen it more recently. So everything in this blog post um, is from 2015. So mm-hmm. it's everything is even more exaggerated now because it's now the beginning of 2023. But yes, this reminded me of this photo. So I went digging and found the blog post from it. So the blog post is called Onesies Gone Viral, Sexism and Body Shaming for Babies. Okay. So then it has the photo of these onesies. I'll I'll read the, the blog post. It's by a man. His name is Jason Evans. One afternoon, a colleague and I went to the bookstore at the college where we work to pick up a few office items and a goodbye gift for another employee who was leaving. Suddenly, my eyes locked in on a purple onesie clearly made for an infant. infant. I didn't notice much else around the piece of clothing except that it was surrounded by items of equal size. Glowingly purple, as in accordance with the school's colors, the little piece of clothing hung hung there with bold white letters across the front that I could hardly believe. It said, I hate my thighs. (gasps) I was confused at first, so I tapped my female colleague who was standing nearby for a second opinion. With a chuckle of sad acceptance, she shook her head as if to avoid face palming, and then she said, yeah, but look what's next to it. These things were not labeled quote-unquote boys or quote-unquote girls. The fact was, as someone who has occasionally shopped with friends for kids and as an uncle to five, I could see the, obvi- the obvious in the coloring of the clothing. The pastels may not say for girls versus the hard and vibrant colors that are also not labeled for boys, but it's the not so subtle coding we all know. So like, you know, light colors, mm-hmm. pink girls, blue color, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So the one totally. next to it had a cape and it said, I'm super was mm-hmm. clearly for boys. And it even came mm-hmm. with a cape. So imagine those side by side, right? I had already snapped a photo of the purple one, but seeing the blue one next to it, I had to take another to include them both. I don't usually think of myself as much more aware than anyone else, although I do spend some time on feminist blogs and call myself an ally and a feminist. The two items sitting there next to each other did not seem intentional in a malicious way, but just that very notion is what really got me going about them. I thought to mention it to someone at the store, but every time I thought of what I would say, only expletives came to mind. And there's one thing that I've also learned as an ally to a group to which I do not belong. It's that I'm not there to co-opt the issue. I am there to be supportive and chief among all things to listen. I had to get back to my office, so I had to hold on to the issue until I could figure out what to say to whom and how. When we got back to the office, I tried several times to write an email to the director of our department. She oversees my office and the bookstore, and I thought she might be sympathetic. Every time I wrote a draft, I was either too frustrated or couldn't find the professional wording. How exactly do you write what the fuck to your boss's boss's boss? Mm-hmm. Instead, I publicly expressed my, fr- my frustration. I posted a photograph of the onesies on my Facebook page with a quick line about how hard it was to not completely rage out about it. I have many like-minded friends, and I honestly thought the response would be a few likes 
or agreeable comments. Maybe a few slacktivist responses demonstrating how this picture was merely a symbol of how society still enforces sick notions of who boys and girls are supposed to be. In a matter of hours, my outrage spread like wildfire. My sincere attempt to ask for guidance quickly turned into a launching pad of some real activism. People wanted to boycott the store. Others wanted to call them right away. One alumni actually tagged the college's alumni association, as well as a few on-campus student groups. My post was also shared with social media outlets so other members of the college's community could see it. It went through feminist groups with such momentum I could barely keep up. People reached out to me directly, not just to commiserate or express anger, but also to get information for action. It was exciting, phenomenal, and a little scary. Within hours, a few people contacted the bookstore, and they took the offending clothing off the shelves. Fantastic. So this is the number stuff. Like These numbers are for sure not still legit, because I definitely have seen this even in the past year. Um, Who knows what makes things go viral? Even now, as I humbly note that the post got more than 17,000 shares and 8,000 likes, I can only assume that this instance was all about the circumstances. A horribly worded one for girls and women, the placement of the offensive items in a university bookstore, not so subtle body shaming language, and of course, the deep hum of sexism that keeps such issues alive. This one picture hit more than a few nerves, and when I found out that the picture hit a few notable media outlets as well, I was humbled and impressed that that many people actually cared about it. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing that that many people took action so quickly. I know. Well, I guess when something... And it hits it hits enough people because yeah, it is. Exactly. I mean, it's gross. Like just that. Let's make this for a little baby girl. I hate my thoughts because that's what women do. They grow up and talk about how they hate their bodies. So apparently, they start them off before they're even aware of their bodies. Right. So this is something that you're going to hate when you grow up. Just yeah, FYI, start it. Start start on that now. Exactly. Because I'm going to tell you yeah. that you need to hate those parts of your body. Yeah. Like you're going to wear that on your clothes and then I'm going to continue to put that into your head. Yeah. I mean, they you hear stories about girls younger and younger and younger saying things like, I'm mm-hmm. ugly or I'm fat mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like children, like way before we even thought about it, you know? No. It's just going to get worse and worse. And parents are just – their stuff like that is – hammering that into their brains before they even know what's going on. And just the the juxtaposition, like a little girl is super critical, has to be critical of her body, and the man is perfect. Like the yeah. little boy is, I'm super. Yeah. I'm a superhero. I'm perfect just the way I am. Just empowered right from the get-go. I also saw another one online, another two um, side by side, and one was like gray. So it was for a boy, little boy, and it was future mm-hmm. superhero. No, something like that. Or- Mm-hmm. superhero in trading or something like that. And then the girl yeah. one was a pink one and said, I only date superheroes or something. Really? Because you can't be that good on your own, but you're lucky enough that you might be able to date one. Right. Fucked up. Wow. That is fucked up. <laughs> right. Wow. That's just the saddest thing. I feel like we just went back to the freaking 40s. I know. It's so gross. And starts so that's early. horrible. It's so early. Oh, my God. I'm sorry we brought this up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own fault. Oh my God, there's so many sexist and shitty onesies out there. Really? Yes. Oh my God. Okay, so there's one that says dad proof right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then it has like arrows, like head goes here, arms here, legs here, oh, like as if a hard. brutal. 
Wow, because a man doesn't know how to dress someone. Right. Oh, my God. There's another one. Oh, my God. There's another one of a picture of, like, a man working on, like, a hydro pole, like, up on the pole doing Mm -hmm. work, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it says, Daddy works the pole so Mommy doesn't have to. I would totally (laughs) (laughs) So bad. (laughs) So bad. As always, we are so happy you were here for a drink and a chat. We'd also love to hear what you think about our topic today. So while you're liking, subscribing, sharing, and reviewing, and of course telling all your friends, please take a minute and pop onto our Facebook and or Instagram pages and let us know your thoughts or share your own experiences. We would love to hear from you. Cheers, friends. Chat soon. It it, it was unbelievably painful.